Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Lisa Miller is a staff writer and contributing editor at New York Magazine. She is the former religion columnist of the Washington Post, former senior editor of Newsweek Magazine, and much more. Her dog Callie came to her during the time of Hurricane Sandy, and now is helping her through an even worse catastrophe. Recently, she wrote an article for The Cut, part of New York Magazine, titled, Walking the Dog is the Only Time I Feel Sane, about how taking Callie on her routine of walks is a return, even for a brief moment, to normalcy during these strange and uncertain times with the coronavirus and being quarantined. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today on Dog Save the People. I'm so happy to have you with us. I'm so happy to be here. So, Lisa, I found your beautiful article in New York Magazine, and I do want to talk about that. But before that, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about how your dog came into your life. And what is your dog's name, please? Our dog is named Callie, and that was the name that she came with. Oh, beautiful. She's a rescue, and uh, the story with the dog was that our daughter, whose name is Josephine, had been begging for a dog, I don't know, for years. And we live in a fourth floor walk up. And I had a lot of concerns about a puppy living in a fourth floor walk up because I didn't want to be potty training a puppy from the fourth floor walk up. I couldn't imagine how that was going to work. Right. And so ultimately I said, okay, we're going to get a dog before you're nine And we're going to get a dog who's a rescue and we're going to get a dog who's got short hair so she doesn't shed all over the apartment. And we're going to get a dog who's already trained. So she was on the brink of turning nine and she kept saying, you know, this is it. And I started looking around online. So I went on Facebook and a guy I knew in high school, I didn't know that well, had just posted a picture of his new rescue. And he gave me the name of a foster, a woman who fosters dogs down in Texas. And I emailed her directly and she sent me a list of five or six or seven dogs that she was fostering or knew people who were fostering. And all of them had videos attached. We saw Callie and both my husband and I were like, yes, that is the dog. That is our dog. We love this dog. Something very shepherdy about her. She's super intelligent. She's Mm -hmm. super focused on people, but she has a kind of a houndy floppiness to her also. Our agreement was instant and our attraction to her, our connection with her was instant. And so I wrote the email to the woman and I said, okay, we want Callie. We're psyched to get Callie. And she said, well, sorry, Callie is already adopted, which, you know, if you've adopted a pet, a rescue, you know, that happens all the time. And we were so disappointed. And then she called me up and she said, the person we were adopting her to just is giving me a bad vibe. And I'm just wondering, are you still open to Callie? Because we've got her booked on a truck this weekend. And I was like, really? In three days? And she was like, yes, you have to tell me in 24 hours or else I'm going to send her to a shelter up there. We live in New York. So she was booked on a truck from Texas. And so I talked to my husband and I was like, can we do this in three days? And he was like, um, okay, okay, we're doing this. And we got in the car and we, we live in Brooklyn and we drove to this parking lot in New Jersey. And there was a designated time where the truck was going to come. And there were a bunch of us waiting around and the truck rolls into the parking lot and one by one calls the names of the families. 
the minute she was in the car, I looked at my husband and I said, what took us so long? Like, what took us so long to get this dog? And I just was like, why have we waited all of this time to get a dog? It was so right for us. She has never been anything but happiness for us. She's really added a lot to our lives from the minute we saw her. Oh, that's so great. You know, a dog organizes your life. Yes. And we very easily, my husband and daughter and I very easily divided up the work. So I did the long morning walk because I get up early. My husband stays up late. And also I was a little timid about going into the park by myself at night. Mm -hmm. And so he did the nighttime before bed walk. Uh, Josephine did the after school walk. And then I work from home frequently. So when she was young, I could take her out again, you know, in the interim And there was just something about having that regular schedule. The structure was very comforting and very grounding for us. We had to be home for the dog. There was something about that superstructure that made our family more stable. Yes. And the weekend we got her was the weekend of Hurricane Sandy. Yes. And, And so the first weekend she spent at home with us, it was dramatic, right? We were cooped up inside and the wind was roaring and there were branches crashing against our windows and trees were falling down in the street. And and yet we had this, you know, she was not quite a puppy, but almost a puppy. And we had to take her out and she was a new dog and we didn't quite know her habits yet. And so my husband took her out and the cops were like, what are you doing outside? You have to get back inside. And we were like, but she's a dog. Like, what, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> so so she came to us in a disaster and and in this disaster she's really doing her part she's really like forcing us to be normal because she needs to you know she needs to go out so i want to talk about your beautiful article which i found so moving walking the dog is the only time i feel sane and tell me a little bit about the article well i'm a writer and so i I like to process my feelings and my ideas in writing. And so I guess it was like the Monday or the Tuesday after the lockdown, I sent a note to my editor on the cut and I said, you know, would you be interested in this? It came to me just sort of naturally all of a sudden, like I love walking the dog and the walking the dog was the only moment that day that I felt normal. And she was like, yes, like capital letters. Yes. Instantly. And I wrote it very fast. It was very... It was sort of on the tip of my tongue. I didn't have to struggle with it. I didn't have to like overthink it at all. And I think it's because that feeling of like walking into your old life, which you can do when you're walking the dog was so dramatic to me, put on the leash and I walked out of the apartment and all of a sudden I was doing this thing that I've done a million times before in exactly the same way. It was like walking backward into time. I'm a creature of habit. I like to do things at the same time every day. I like to have a routine. And, you know, so I haven't been sleeping. I don't think anybody's really been sleeping very well. I think what's happening out in the world is really difficult and traumatizing and really hard to wrap your mind around. And yes, and yet here we are with this structure and this simple need, the dog needs to go out. And so, you know, we walked down our block. We live on a very, very beautiful block in Brooklyn and the trees are flowering and the gas lamps are lit and the park is right at the end of our block. Prospect Park is right at the end of our block and it's flowering and starting to be green. And we enter the park and 
I see the same people every morning because I walk the dog at the same time and I take her yeah. off the leash and the dog is so happy to see the people she's happy to see and the people who give her yeah. treats. And it was like, I don't know, I've said it already, like this feeling of normalcy was so intense. It was like a fantasy or a hallucination. Unfortunately, my dog park, it's a little small one on the West Side Highway. They closed it. So what I've been doing is walking my dogs all the way to the river, which again is something that I live up two blocks from the river, from the Hudson River, and I never walk over there. So now I'm walking there every day or twice a day with them, and it's opened up a whole new world. And I'm still seeing my dog friends, my dog owner friends, but we just kind of pass each other and and smile or say hi. And um, so I'm, I'm longing for the day when the dog park opens. One of the great things about the dogs is that dogs introduce you to a whole nother social world. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like the dog park people. And you know them through your dogs the way you know other parents in the playground through their kids. But the familiarity of those people and the kind of intimacy we have already had and the routine we have together, all of that is very stabilizing. And the fact that we are all neighbors and we know each other through our dogs, so we don't have any expectations of each other beyond just seeing each other in the park. And yet, you know, we know a lot about each other, and we are fond of each other, and we we are touchstones for each other. And we were even before this, but now even more so. I'm so happy to see them. Six Feet Apart is kind of normal in the park because we're all kind of half looking at our dogs and half looking at each other and we interrupt exactly. our conversations in order to go look after, find our dogs and call right. our dogs. And right. So there is a kind of natural disjointedness to that relationship that doesn't feel too interrupted by this catastrophe we're all living, living through. Yes. And this routine that now I have has opened up a whole new world for me again, just to provide a little bit of a window of normalcy or of nature, all of those things that are so important in this particular time that we're going through. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that the river is really also very soothing and healing at this moment. There's also something stabilizing, as you say, about nature, like the trees are still blossoming. The leaves are still going to come out. This morning I was noticing on my dog walk, like the crocuses in the front yards of of our block are blooming and the daffodils are blooming and all of these seasons The fact that you have to walk the dog in rain or shine or snow or, you know, whatever forces you to be connected to the seasonality of things. And right now I feel like the seasonality is very therapeutic because spring is happening no matter what. And I find that really beautiful. If anything, I'm glad that it's spring and not uh, the middle of winter because that would be tough. But spring, I mean, there are so many symbols in, in that and it's showing us, one, that time passes and that there is beauty to behold and that we will get through this. Yeah. And again, I want to read something that you had written, which is so beautiful. Now it seems she's doing more than her part. Order is what we need now with our endless days and more endless nights, with our denial and our yearning and the knowledge with what we've already lost is incalculable and that we can't even begin to quantify it. And um, yeah, I feel like just by their nature, the dogs are helping us and really doing their part. And um, I wanted to ask you, how is Callie dealing with the isolation? Is she enjoying having you guys home? Oh my God, she loves it. Like for her, this is a total dream come true, right? (laughs) She's part shepherd, as I mentioned. And Uh so she really likes us all to be in one place. Yeah. 
when the three of us are threaded along the Arlong staircase going outside, she circles us in order to like make sure that we're a tighter group. (laughs) And so she, you know, for her having us all here is total heaven. Yes. She can wander from room to room and see each one of us. So I think she's, I think she's doing great. Her anxiety is when we leave, not when we stay home. And and another thing I wrote in the piece, but I think is really important to mention is that, I mean, one of the great things about pets in general, right, is that they don't anticipate things. So they don't worry about the future. They don't like things. There are things they don't like, and they don't like them in the present. But the future is not really a concept for them so much. Mm-hmm. And so they're not up at night worrying about, what might happen or yes what are the worst outcomes or all of the unquantifiable things that you just mentioned from the piece like yeah they're not counting those things they're not thinking about them and there's something so comforting in that as well that her her likes and her dislikes are so strong so definitive and so present tense yeah I was asking you about the isolation in the last sentence of your of your piece, which again is so beautiful in mentioning Callie is she's content to be in isolation as long as the isolation includes us. Again, it just kind of says it all. I mean, these beautiful beings who live in the present moment are such great touchstones. Yeah. I mean, I've had several friends of mine who are petless call me after that piece and say, I wish I had a dog or I always knew I was a dog person and I should have acted on it. Like there is a way in which, and there have been times we live in as a a small apartment, as I've said, and there have been times in my life where I've thought there are too many creatures in this Mm -hmm. small space. We have a cat as well. Okay. And right now I'm like, thank God for all the creatures in our space. I'm so, I'm so grateful for them and for the way they interact with us. We're going to wrap it up now. I'm so, so grateful to spend this time with you. And I hope that someday we can meet in person and actually shake hands. Me too. I'll be happy to stand six feet away in the dog park with you. (laughs) Me too. Stay safe. Take care. Again, we can find your article or your piece, Walking the Dog is the Only Time I Feel Sane. Is it on the Cuts website or on the New York? The Cut is a vertical within New York Magazine. So you can find it in both places. Wonderful. And Lisa, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Lisa X Miller. You were just such a great guest and your story is such a beautiful one. It really resonated with me. So I'm so glad that we could speak today. Me too. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lisa. I think the situation with Lisa is something a lot of dog walkers are feeling right now. Walking our dogs is one of the only reasons to get out of the house. And like she said, it brings this sense of normalcy, at least somewhat. And even though it's temporary, it still helps. Even just being around my dogs at home has been really helpful for me to get through the situation. And I'm sure that's also something many dog owners are happy about. I'm always thankful for my dogs, but I'm especially grateful for their company right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.